Well, hey there. It's certainly been a long time. This is the Bruins Post Game Recap brought to you by the Fans First Sports Network and the Big Bad Bees Podcast Network. I'm Jake Reiser. It's all the way on November 18th, and wow, this team looks great since the last time I recorded back in October. Um, we're chatting after a thumping for the Bruins on top of the Montreal Canadiens, the final score 5-2. to two. This was maybe one of the best games I've seen from the Bruins all season. It had a little bit of everything, and I mean everything. Had an early penalty against Hampus Lindholm holding Nick Suzuki that the Bruins had to kill. The Bruins then get a very quick five-on-three, and Charlie McAvoy hammers one home to make it one nothing. Trent Frederick tips in a Brandon Carlo shot with about 40 seconds left in the first period. It's 2 nothing after two. Pavel Zaka gets a shot that deflects off of a Canadian stick in front and past Jake Allen to make it 3 nothing in the second period. Yuri Slavkovsky finally gets Montreal on the board, but Trent Frederick comes right back after taking a penalty. It's not one of those step out of the box and score immediately, but it was pretty close. He stepped out of the box maybe five or six seconds, and the puck still got to him, and he just sped away and put one through Jake Allen to make it 4-1. James Van Riemsdyk in front in the third period on the power play makes it 5-1, and a little gimme for Jonathan Kovacevic to make it 5-2 the final. But seriously, this was great for the Bruins and a much-needed rebound after their last game against Montreal. Last week, they looked so slow at the Bell Center. Tonight, they were the ones who took the attack right to the Canadians. They were hard-hitting. They were bruising. They were chippy in all of the right ways. They were winning puck battles everywhere on the ice, in the corners, in the neutral zone. There was genuinely not really a bad thing I had to say about anybody all game. We even had an injury scare in this one. David Pasternak left with about six or seven minutes left in the first period, didn't take a shift, came back, played the rest of the game, thankfully. So nothing to worry about there. Hopefully it might've just been something precautionary. He still didn't play, get a ton of ice time. He played 13-13, but then again, the lineup does seem to be pretty balanced nowadays. Even still, you know, good that Pasternak was able to come out and finish this one. Um hammering shots on goal on not great goaltending. That's what you should do. Get pucks on net. Go get in the dirty areas. Get the rebounds. Go behind the net. Do everything you can to get shots on net. 44 shots for the Bruins to 22 to Montreal. That's exactly what you should be doing. I don't care about shooting percentages. I care when you've got a goalie who's not in the upper echelon of the NHL and you are throwing everything you can on him because you know something will go in. How about two power play goals, two for five on the power play tonight, one being five on three, one being five on four. 18 hits tonight, 12 blocks, tied in the faceoff dot, 50% each. Charlie Coyle was 62.5%. Pavel Zako was 58.3%. You know, how about Jeremy Swayman making incredible saves on breakaways, shorthanded. He was, you know, just everywhere he needed to be tonight. Yeah, you give up two goals, it's going to happen in a game. But you got to be so proud of Jeremy Swayman. And he is really emerging as the Bruins' number one goaltender that they've needed him to be. And I think that's incredible. Last year, it was Linus Allmark, who was very heavily the Vezina favorite, which obviously makes sense. You know, you win the Vezina by starting games and being really good. And it, you know, not to slight, Jeremy Swayman, but he might have been, he was definitely the one B last year. He was not number two. You can't say that because they rotated really well and they were both great 
in their own rights. But Swayman was the one B and Allmark was the one A, without a doubt. It's looking the other way around this year, and that's not to say Omark hasn't played well. He has. It's just Jeremy Swayman looks absolutely amazing. His vision is great. He's square to shots. He's eating rebounds. He's doing exactly what you want out of your number one goaltender. And Bruins fans, whether Omark goes in a trade for a top-line center in the future, whether you know, these guys are together forever. I know they just talked about how they would be much more open to rotating throughout the playoffs, which, you know, honestly makes a lot of sense to me just because they do so well when they do that. It, you know, you get a new routine and you need to stick with that routine. And I think, you know, I can't make conjecture about last year. Maybe things would have gone different if they had rotated from the beginning. You, 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 you don't know. But if they're going to keep doing this rotation and both guys are going to start, you know, 45 games, you know, 40 games each, someone maybe starts 45, someone maybe starts 38, something like that, and you just keep going and they both just played the best damn hockey possible, I'm a happy camper. Um, every line tonight just played with intensity. They had a fantastic night all the way around. Let's start with the defense because it feels like Mason Lowry's time is going to maybe come to an end at the end of the week. We hear that by next Saturday, Matt Grizzlick might be ready to return, but Lowry and McAvoy look great. Lindholm had a great game tonight. I don't know if it's because he's paired with Carlo who can be more of a defensive forward, but Lindholm actually looked like campus Lindholm tonight. And how about Derek Forbert and Kevin Shattenkirk giving it, getting it done on the third line. That's got to feel really good when you've got even an injured guy like Grizzlick and you still have low right to throw in and you've got three defensive lines you can roll out that stifle offenses. That's got to feel great. Um, how about all four forward lines? Let's start with that fourth line of Lauko, Beecher, and Steen who are just so hard to play against. It's like a mash of the Merlot line where these guys like Beecher and Lauko have such high energy and are just such high octane players. But then it's like 2019 where they're skilled. It's not like they're hitting for the sake of hitting. They're in the right spot. They're making great plays. Lauko and Beecher each had great shots tonight. You know, Steen is also there doing a good job. I don't know whether Steen will continue to be on that fourth line because there are other options maybe. But, you know, that looks great. Patra is feeling much more comfortable on that third line with DeBrusque and Heinen. DeBrusque is... I feel so bad for DeBrusque because he's playing a really good game. He's in the right place. He's getting shots on net. It's his shooting percentage. And I know I said screw team shooting percentage. His individual shooting percentage is a lot higher than 3% career-wise. And so that will have to regress or progress to the mean at some point. And so he will get on the scoreboard. He's not going to have five goals this season. But he's doing the right things. It will come. Trent Frederick? Wow. Freddie looked awesome. He'd be a number one star of the night for tonight. Little tip in the slot for that second goal, and then just beating a defender with a lot of speed, getting in the middle of the ice and scoring that fourth Bruins goal. That's got to feel great. And again, big bodies. Trent, Charlie Coyle, James Van Riemsdyk, they're big and hard to play against, but they play smart hockey. And then Marshawn, Zaka, and Coyle, you know, they're always good. I love Zaka. I'm intrigued to see whether the Bruins will end up getting a number one center this season if they have any trade assets or whether they'll sign someone in the offseason, whoever that could be. But for now, I'm happy with Zach and I'm happy with the way the forwards are playing. Um, and very fitting on 
another Era's Night for the Big Bad Bees, the 1970 and 1972 Stanley Cup Championship teams at the Garden. That's got to feel really good to be able to go to the Garden, raise your banners to the rafters, your 70 and 72 Cup banners, and then watch them dominate, watch the new team absolutely destroy your most historic rivals. In the end, the Bruins 5, Montreal 2, and another victory, another two points, another dominating win, and another night where the Bruins sit on top of the NHL's standings. That's it for now. I will be back more regularly for the Big Bad Bees Podcast Network and for the Fans First Sports Network. I'm hoping to make this a more regular thing, and I'm hoping to add in the future. So hopefully it's not just my voice you hear in the coming weeks. We will be adding going forward. But for now, for the Big Bad Bees Network and the Fans First Sports Network, I'm Jake Reiser. Have a great night.